The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Hey, this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, politics, President Trump, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you name it, we talk about it. And right now on the show today, we have a very special guest. And I want to start by introducing my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, hope you've been well this week. You're when not the Frankie, special guest. You're not no, no. the special guest. When, when Frankie Edgar is on the line, just skip over me, man. Come on. We got the answer. All right. There we go. We do have the answer to the show. We do have the answer to what we need to make the show popular. And it's called Frankie, the answer, Edgar, the UFC champion in my mind all the time. Frankie, how are you, babe? You good? I lo- love hearing you say my name, Bruce. Come on. I'm doing good, my man. I had a lot of fun roaring your name to uh, 60 people in the arena the other yeah, night. Right, right. <laughs> and millions watching on TV. I'm trying to make it seem like there's 20,000 all the time. And no, you do. You do. You do a tremendous job. I appreciate it, Frankie. I appreciate it. Listen, you've had more wars than I can remember in three different divisions that very few fighters have ever had a chance to enter the octagon and say that they've accomplished in their lifetime. And you went up against an absolute monster in the number five ranked Bantamweight and Pedro Munoz. Frankie, that was a back and forth, pure six skilled MMA brawl. And, um, you know, people say on the edge, Munoz, Frankie, Frankie did a great job. You won that fight. It was, it was awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a hell of a fight, man. Pedro brought it, you know, I knew I was going to bring it and, um, you know, you get two special guys in there that you can make some magic sometimes. And yeah. we definitely did that on Saturday. It was awesome to get my hand raised, and, uh, you know, I'm looking for, we're looking to the future now. Yeah, you know, and Frankie, your career has is, is spanned so many years. Three divisions, championships, the whole nine yards. And you yourself said you've got many more years to come. You certainly shined like that last Saturday night. You're number eight ranked in the featherweight division. I'm sure you're ranked now in the bantamweight division. Have they given you a ranking? I think I'm number five right now, yeah. Yep. Number five, which would that, by my guesstimate, TJ, back me up on this, Frankie. You too. I would say one more fight, and you got a shot at the championship. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining if that's how it works out. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I do feel like uh, you know I'm always close to it based on what I've done, and you know, I just beat a, a very, very good opponent in Pedro, and I think another big win will definitely get me there. Yeah, I think so too, most definitely. Now, your next fight planned. Listen, number eight featherweight, ranked in the bantamweight. Let's call it number five, uh, as you said. Where's the next fight? Featherweight, bantamweight, <laughs> lightweight. Where are you going? <laughs> now, I, I'm going to stick with bantamweight for now. Uh, you know, I just got my feet wet on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I really think I could do, uh, you know, do, do some damage here and, you know, kind of, um, 
you know, see what see what holds, man. If I if I can get a title at bantamweight, that that would be amazing. Exactly. No, I I could see that. Hey, you know, real, built- real quick, Bruce, if you, if you don't mind, let me, let yeah, me jump in. Yeah, yeah, sure, go. When, when I look at where you've competed throughout your career, Frankie, I mean, former lightweight champion, you fought at 45, now 35. Where do you think your prime self would have fit at 35? Do you think you could have been a 35-pound champion 10 years ago? I think I could be a 35-pound champion now. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I imagine I, I think I could be a 35-pound champion 10 years ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I really do – like the fact that I, that I didn't go down, you know, I was able, I, you know, I, I had a goal to, to win that lightweight title. I did that. Uh, people were telling me to go back down back then. And I refused to do that. Then I went down to 45, came very, very close to holding that title as well. And, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, it's not always about size and how much weight you can cut and put back on the next day. It's, it's about skill and heart and determination. And, you know, I, that's what I try to prove every time I'm out there. I still think in the Aldo fight, had it been a seven-round fight, you would have uh, swept it from, I think, the, the fourth round on. I mean, you, you started to really take over in that fight. And this, this win on Saturday, now that I, you know, kind of look at your career, you know, one step back, like, to me, you're, you're on the pound-for-pound pound greatest of all time list. And not a lot of people can say that, especially at this point in their career. And like you said, you know, I'm saying, oh, could you have been the champion 10 years ago? You may very well be the next UFC Bantamweight champion. That's going to feel good. What does this do for your motivation and momentum at this point in your career? Because I think a lot of people sort of get, you know, burnt out at times, but you seem as motivated as ever. More so. Yeah, you know, especially, especially this, uh, the, the buzz that I got right now. You know, uh, back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. You know, there you, go. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it just feels good. And it, it definitely reinvigorates you. I'm excited for the future. You know, um, I know a lot of people are kind of down how I was going to be at 35. And I was able to show them that, you know, I'm a mainstay at whatever weight class I choose to be. There's no question about that, Frankie. You've been in the UFC octagon now for 13 years since UFC 67, your very first fight. God knows how many fights you had before that. Um, again, finishing with the Monster Munoz having all these choices in your life, looking incredible. I got to say, you know, Ricardo Almeida is one of my favorite jiu-jitsu artists of all time. One of my favorite coaches and a great guy. I, I was announcing him back in the uh, Abu Dhabi Submission Wrestling Championships back in 97 or 98. You've got incredible jiu-jitsu. Your change-ups in that fight, taking him down, standing up. And still to this day, I will go on record as saying that of the few MMA fighters that I think could stand in a boxing match, you're definitely one of them. And I That's understand too that when wow. you box, no, I, I've said it. I've said it before. Yeah. I, know, I don't know if you still do, Frankie, but I understand when you train boxing for your MMA fights, you actually go to a boxing gym or you've been going to boxing. You train with real boxers. Yeah, like when I, when I'm boxing, I want to box with some you know real professionals in their in their art. So. Uh, you know, that's where you go. That's the, be- the best guys you could spar uh, as far as boxing goes. So that's who I seek out. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And it shows every time you walk in the octagon. Again, the change-ups. You, you're a freestyle fighter. That means you're free to do yeah. what you want. So do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Even more so than mixed martial artists, <laughs> I think, in a certain way. So um, sure. back at I thought I thought there's a hurricane hitting the East Coast. You look like you're in sunny Southern California here. Yeah, no, I think we're good here in Jersey. Uh, I think that's more down south. Uh, um I think uh, in the Caribbean. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I think it's in the Gulf. It's it's in the Gulf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Luckily, we'll we'll miss that. Well, that that sounds good to me, most definitely. Hey, Frankie, when you come to Vegas, um, I'm sorry, TJ. No, go ahead. I go to Vegas. I get there on Friday. I get tested. I have to take quarantine for 24 hours. With the new uh, safety and protocol in place, uh, as a main event fighter, I don't know if there's a difference between the undercard fighters. When do you have to get into Vegas to get tested, quarantine, so you can train and acclimate yourself? Yeah, we have to report on Tuesday. I got out there Sunday, kind of stayed at a different hotel. Uh, you know, just got got you know in, into the groove of fight week. Uh, then Tuesday, I reported to the to the host hotel. That's when they tested us, and we quarantined for the 24 hours. Made sure we got the negative test before we kind of went out and about and started, uh, you know, going about fight week. Right. And are you uh, back home? Uh, I know Jersey's been a hot spot, and, I'm, and we're all still going through a stage one process here. Are you saying the quarantine safety protocol at home? You know, maintaining yourself. Yeah, you know, I'm home. Um, you know, I, I figured I got tested five times when I was out in Vegas, so I'm probably pretty good. But, uh, yeah, no, you know, I'm pretty much been hanging home in my backyard for the most part anyway the past couple months. So uh, I'm just kind of back to doing my normal routine. Very, very cool. Go ahead, TJ. I was just going to say, going back to the fight with, with Pedro, that was a, a fight I think that would have felt a lot different for, I think, you guys if there was a crowd 
involved. And sometimes when there's a crowd involved and there's a fan favorite, uh, that fan favorite kind of has their decision uh, solidified a little bit more because, you know, you get cheered a little bit more. I think you would have been that guy on Saturday night being the big name and hot commodity that you are, Frankie. But when the judges' scorecards were read, you know, 49-46 for Munoz and then 48-47 twice for yourself, that is a, a strange sort of diversity in scorecards. You know, 49-46, 4-1 for one judge. Were you worried at all when you heard that first scorecard read 4-1 four, four to one against you? I mean, not you know, you're always worried because you never know. I've definitely been in some fights where I thought I won 4-1 to one and I still lost. So, right. of course, you're, you're, you're worried no matter what. But uh, in that moment, I just try to stay positive. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't want any negativeness going through my mind. So, I, I, I kept saying, that's, got, that's me. Let's go. I don't know. what I was mouthing something to myself. And I'm um, like, it's got to be me, and, and we got it done. So I don't pay attention. Obviously, these judges definitely uh, flip-flop quite a bit. Um, you know, you see a lot of crazy scores uh, in these past, uh, past couple months. But, you, you know, I just got to do what I got to do, and hopefully they'd make it right. Did no, you, you have know do- – oh, so, sorry, Bruce. Did you know how entertaining the fight was from uh, an outsider standpoint? Because you don't have the affirmation of the fans inside the apex. But that was uh, honestly one of the, the better fights I think we've seen in a little while. Up for fight of the year. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to tell, you know, a lot of times when you're out there gunslinging, they all seem pretty crazy. And then you, you watch it later and you're like, ah, it really wasn't that much of a, you know, slugfest. But uh, this fight, you know, I definitely got the affirmation from the fans on, his, uh, on social media and, you know, you, my coaches and, and people that were, were at the show. All right. Well, listen, I want to tell you something now, Frankie. Now, when I get in the octagon with the decision and um, don't ever look at me over at the judge's desk because I might be rolling my eyes at times. <laughs> <laughs> but when I get in the octagon and people say, oh, uh, buff standing behind that guy, he lost. Oh, he fist bumped that guy. He's going to lose. Uh, he just said the first uh, score and a split decision. He's going to lose. There is no methodology, Frankie. I have right. to tell you. I can't stand behind the right fighter or the left fighter all the time because then there would be a system. I can't stand behind the fighter who won or lost all the time because, again, there would be a system. I'm trying to mix it up as best I can, and my job is to be the messenger and build the drama. So if that drama calls you a little agina, I'm sorry, okay? Yeah, it's all good. That's all good. (laughs) So you don't want to mess up any prop bets. You can't tell them what you're going to do, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, they're not bets I make because I don't bet. I just announced. So I bet. Frankie brings up something interesting. I'm surprised there isn't like a prop bet on you, Bruce. Like, you know, how many many spins during one introduction can a man get in? There should be, but there have been. The the, the main prop bet um, I've seen is um, bow tie or tie. And then, really? Yeah, and there'll be like max $50 on the bet. And I'll get emails. People ask me if I'm going to wear a bow tie or tie. Like, I'm going to tell you, you know? You, you uh, tell me, color? right? We're yeah. buddies. I mean, oh. 10% <laughs> finder's fee. Uh, go ahead and get your 50 bucks, Stop Frankie. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't decide till that night, so I could change up also. You know, color a jacket. Will I do a 360? Yeah, there's been some pretty funny profits, but I'm the friggin' announcer. Come on, don't bet on me. You bet on these warriors. You know, yeah, that, that's actually a good that's, segue. That's the show. Yeah. Um, Frankie was one of the first mixed martial artists to actually do the whole suit and tie at the press conferences a, a long time ago. What, what inspired you to do that? Because, Frankie, you were doing that at a time where people were wearing tinfoil shirts to the, the yeah. pressers, and here you are all decked to the nines. Uh, you know, I, I remember George was doing it, I think, at the time. And, I, you know, I was a big Derek Jeter guy, super classy dude. I thought, you know, let's just bring some class to this and, and be somewhat professional. Uh, I haven't – well, I don't know if I've done a press conference in a while. I mean, no one has, obviously. But, uh, right. You know, last couple ones uh even like the fight days i would get it dressed up for him but i've been a little kind of like uh, a little more lackadaisical it's uh, comfy clothes but uh if they come back for a big press you may have to pull out something nice when you're a legend you can wear comfy clothes it's all right yeah you can wear all the comfy clothes you, you want go. frankie nobody's gonna say a word speaking <laughs> of comfy okay you just went through six eight whatever weeks of training five round octagon war uh, first question, how's your foot? I saw you getting out of the octagon. You were limping quite a bit. Yeah, my leg was a little jacked up, uh, but I'm, I'm good. I went for a bike ride with my daughter today. Uh, you know, a little hitch in a step, but nothing too crazy. Uh, definitely back to feeling pretty good. All right, so you can get out there and do some dirty dancing this weekend, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's cool. <laughs> make sure that. Social distancing, though. Yes, <laughs> of course. Well, except with his wife. All right. Um, All right. All right. Before I forget, will you please make sure you give my best to your mom, your dad, the whole family? Yes, of course. They, they always love you. They always, they always yeah. make sure they say, yeah. Thank you. Great, great, great family. I love your family. Thank um, you. What do you do, Frankie? Vacation? Uh, I mean, what does Frankie do to say, hey, I got to like relax? 
Is it just yeah. happy to be home and not train? What is it? Yeah, well, you know, my kids have sports a little bit, so you got to, you know, adjust stuff around that. But I'm sure we'll go, me and my wife, maybe the kids go somewhere, especially with school being uh, remote learning. We'll probably take them in September, you know, check out some stuff, and they can remote learn over the computer there. Exactly. When do you want to go back to Oregon, Frankie? Uh, I think before the year's out. Before Christmas would be ideal. Have they talked to you at all? You don't have to take this information, but if you – Yeah, no, no. Gone, yeah, so I, just spoke, I just spoke with my manager, Ali, about, uh, you know, wanting to get in there in December. And, you know, he's, he's got some ideas. And I'm sure they're, he's going to run it by the, by the UFC uh, soon. Very cool. Give him my best to Ali, too. I like Ali. For sure, for sure. A lot of respect. Um, are you a bourbon drinker? Uh, scotch. I like some scotch. All right. Well, you got you to gotta try Puncher's Chance Bourbon. It's coming out. Yeah, all right, week. I'm 100%. <laughs> Puncher's Chance. I'm on it. It's all, about it. the, all about the underdog, Frankie, and I know you, I know you know what it's like to be an underdog. <laughs> so all yeah, good there. I a podcast with a Roger Matthews from the Jersey Shore called Champion of Tramp. And um, we Wait, always give have us, a- give us, give us that again. I'm sorry, is that your podcast? Yeah, it's my podcast along Roger Matthews from Jersey Shore fame. And uh, it's called Champion of Tramp. And we always have a cocktail or two, so we're going to have to get Puncher's Chance on there next, next, uh, next time we, get, we get, have an episode. Absolutely. Just let me know and I'll make sure you get one. Um, what was I going to say? That's uh, Jay Wells' ex-husband. Is that right? Yes. Jay Wells' ex-husband. Correct. Yep. Yeah. He's a different guy. I've known him for a very long time. Um, you know, our, 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 our kids are friends and our, you know, our wives, my wife is friends with Jay Wells, well, his ex-wife. But uh, yeah, so we both uh, decided to start a podcast. We've been a, about six months now, you know, have some fun, talk some shit, you know, BS a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. You know, Can I say, of- Bruce, you denied it for years, but you were the biggest closet Jersey Shore fan on the planet. That's <laughs> because I used to call Mike the situation, not the situation. <laughs> you did. You did. It was like, what is this guy going to do next? You know, and, <laughs> listen, I grew up in Philly. I used to go down to the Jersey Shore every summer, all through oh, yeah. childhood, up until 15. I, I partied, had more fun with the Jersey boys and girls than I can even oh, remember. Yeah. So, so I you know what relate. it's about. Yeah, I know <laughs> what it's all about. I can relate to all that stuff. I mean, we were even brawling at 15, you know, so it's, like, oh, yeah. it's all good. You know, under the boardwalk. Boom, boom, boom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Frankie, you know, you talk about the future, obviously championship uh, – you know, a chance at the championship or championships again, all that's up at the age you're at now, which is uh, 35. Is that correct? 30, 38, 38. 30, oh, 38. Okay. Just like a nice boom, boom. 38. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Powerful. like a weapon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Couture, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> up close, baby. Up close. Um, let's see. Randy won the championship at 44 or 42, if I'm not mistaken. He, I mean, he uh, won so many championships. I don't yeah, know I know. It's tough, it's tough about. to track at that point. He, he, no, I think I Randy think, at 42, he, George Foreman was 44 when he won. Yeah, so yeah. Randy won the UFC light heavyweight title at, at 39. Uh, and then I think he won the uh, heavyweight title from Tim Sylvia at 42. Yeah, I don't see any reason why you couldn't easily go at this for another five or six years, barring any uh, issues, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, no, you know, I feel good. I feel like I'm not slowing down at all. And I'm still having fun. I do feel like I'm still getting better. I'm still improving. So, you know, as long as uh, I can keep improving, keep things fresh, I'll do it till the wheels fall off. I've got one question. Obviously, Frankie, you want to go for a title. But if there is any one fighter that, you know, is either still active in the UFC or maybe even recently retired, is there one sort of super fight that you would like to go after and have? Because I'm sorry, I, you know, obviously you want to fight for a title, but I would love to see you fight Uriah Faber at 135. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're right, we, you know, we fought obviously uh, uh, five, six years ago. If, right. if you want to run that back, I, that could be a possibility. Another guy that's, uh, that's uh, you know, a little older and, and a legend himself is Dominic Cruz. A lot of here, see a lot of people talking about that. So, you know, I'm definitely interested in those fights. You know, uh, the title is obviously what, a, you know, my main goal and where my sight's on. But, you know, it doesn't have to be right away. And I'm willing to fight, you know, some, some of those legacy fights as well. You know, I, I think I think the Faber fight at 35 would be fun, and I'd also like to see an Aldo rematch at 35. But maybe I'm just oh, uh, hell yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I'm just old school like that. I don't know. No, I'd like to see that too. But you know, you talk about Dominic Cruz. You know, he's around the octagon, dancing around the octagon, got a great style about himself. Your center moving forward, getting in. Do you draw a guy like Dominic in, or do you chase him? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be tough. I think you have to kind of combine a little of both of them. Because yeah. he gets chasing, he's, a, he's really good at that, and you don't want him chasing you either. So I think you got to mix it up and try to try to little little cat and mouse game with him. Yeah, they're definitely a fan favorite. I would love to see that fight, no question. 
Okay, so we'll Frankie, see all of them. Pay him all the money. Yeah. We'll see all of them. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> hey, I, th I think Sean Shelby's probably glued to the show right now. So, Sean, make it happen. Come on. Let's Seriously. go. <laughs> but as in the great words of Malkovich and uh, Rounders, pay the man his money. Okay, <laughs> pay the man his money. I always want to. I want to see all you guys make a million bucks just for stepping in there. Period. Yeah, that that would be great. You know, we're we're working our way there. That's for sure. That's what I want to hear, Frankie. Take care of that family, man. You worked hard. You deserve to have everything you need to last the rest of your life. So, Frankie, um, give it to us. A podcast. So let us know where we can get a hold of you on Instagram, Twitter. Let the fans know how to get a hold of you. We have fans all over the world watching. Yeah, uh, Frankie Edgar on Instagram, Twitter. I have a Facebook. I don't really run it. But someone does. Um, and then, yeah, Champ and the Tramp. We, uh, we just released an episode. I'm recapping my fight, my thoughts on my fight, what I want to do in the future and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, so – that's about it. Hit me up and uh, send me a message. Awesome. Awesome. Frankie, it's great to have you on the show. TJ, anything more for, for Frankie? No, man. I just, uh, you know, happy to have Frankie on the program. I think it's been a little while since we've had him. And uh, yeah. it's great to see you in this prime form, Frankie. I can't wait to see you back in the octagon. Guys, thanks so much. Always a pleasure talking to you, Bruce, TJ. Have a good week. Thanks, thanks Frankie. Sir. You look great. You sound great. You are great. Stay great. Okay? Thank you, brother. You too, man. All right. Stay safe, my brother. Cheers. All right, we're back, and we're back because we had the answer, and his name is Frankie Edgar. You know, TJ, there's so many fine human beings that are fighters, male and female, in mixed martial arts in the UFC, and Frankie's one of my favorites of all time. You know, he's humble, intelligent, completely- Truly one of the goats, talented. Bruce. One like of the that, goats. That, 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 that term is thrown around a lot, but I'm sorry, you can't uh, deny the fact that Frankie Edgar has a significant place in mixed martial arts' history. No, no question. No question. It's a pleasure to have him on the show. Just good old, solid, honest, direct interview. All right, listen, let's get into some news. Um, you know, no sooner does the COVID thing uh, still raging all over the place, but California, you know, it's like constantly getting punched in the face. 1.2 million plus acres have burned now and these fires ravaging California. Yeah. But there's a story surrounding this, aside from all the tragedy and the things that happen when fires happen, loss of homes, wildlife, all the, all the obvious tragic situations that are taking place. Some asshole, right? A California firefighter is out there fighting a fire, right? And some asshole goes in his truck and steals his wallet, right? Just to go. <laughs> I, I, Bruce, I mean, not, not to coin a pun here, but like if there's karma, that is playing with fire and that dude's going to get burned. Honestly. I hope, like I hope so. You know what he did? He drained his bank account. He drained his bank account. Seriously. Uh, like, Okay, I, I don't care if you're a spiritual person or, or whatever, but, like, you hope there's a special place in hell for someone like that. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I think a special place behind a building with a baseball bat. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the uh, sun go down at night and, and the moon rise, the way that oh, the uh, fires yeah. have had? I mean, it's, it's beautiful, but it's, it's a, a very sad, beautiful reminder of, of what's going on and, and what these uh, men and women are doing uh, fighting this place. Well, this gets back to my, my situation where I've mentioned before, you know, I've been through so many brush fires in Malibu, big, yeah. ones, huge ones. And <clears throat> it's a combination of fear, fright, and fascination. You know, it's almost like amazing oh, the fire? to watch a fire, the fire. Yeah, there's something yeah. about it that's just absolutely fascinating, as fearful and horrific as it is. I mean, and, uh, um, that's what you're talking about when you say that. It's one of the great natural disasters, fire. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a, a key to life, but it's, uh, it's a way that the earth uh, at times cleanses itself. And um, it, it's horrible to see men and women lose their homes and, and families get displaced. And, and to hear this situation where uh, a guy breaks into a firefighter's truck. I mean, that firefighter is out there for you, man. Like he's out there for you. He's benefiting you. Why would you do that? I mean, I, I assume everything works out at the end. I assume the bank will take care of it, but it's terrible. Yeah. These men and women are gods in my mind. I've said that to you many, many times. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel when you see a firefighter, you should go up there and, and thank them for their service just as you would any soldier in the world, honestly. Totally. Absolutely. No question. Frontline warriors, without question. Yep. Especially in co COVID era, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. dangerous out there. Well, speaking of COVID era, we got a couple COVID stories. I'm not going to get too crazy on it. We all know what's going on. Hey, so, we are so the foremost MMA authority on COVID-19, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I know. I'll give you an example of my safety and protocol. Uh, my friend Tarek, who's been on the show, right? Oh, yeah. Flipper Flop Tarek. My, my son's future employer. There you go. So he's got a beautiful, like, 80, 90-foot boat down in his right. house. We went to Catalina yeah. on it years ago. So last night, we planned this for three weeks. 
you know, mm -hmm. get together, myself and a friend, him and his, his fiance just uh, got engaged to be married. Beautiful, wonderful, wonderful. She lady. was on the show, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, Heather, she's awesome. She's awesome. My other friend, Robert Drank, and um, whoever he was going to bring <laughs> at the time. So anyway, there's like six or eight people. Honestly, TJ, I gave it a lot of thought because Robert's been flying back and forth to Arizona. He just sure. got his pilot's license. Tarek's yeah. been all over in Mexico. They've been around. Mm -hmm. And I'm so conscious of safety and protocol. I wanted to go there so much. And we were going to head down. And um, I canceled. I understand. I completely get it. I, uh, I mean, so if people are watching, and I'm sure I sound completely different, but I'm in Mexico right now. Um, got the call last minute to come down and, and call some boxing for a fight pass on the Roy Jones Jr. shows. And um, I mean, I... I it's we've followed all the safety weird. protocol. Weird, I've I've been I've been tested, but it is definitely something different. You yeah. know this traveling internationally yeah. during this time, like traveling domestically, it's still weird. But traveling traveling internationally, um, I mean, we've like I said, I've been tested. Uh, I'm clean, but it, it's still a bit disconcerting. And when I go home, I will make sure I go through another battery of tests before I even see my family. Yeah, that's exactly what I do too. You know, I'm basically getting tested every single week. I'm, but you know what? No matter how we get tested, what did you do five minutes after the test? 100%. And, and that's why, uh, especially with, with Invicta, when you get tested, when you arrive, it's just like the UFC, you are quarantined, you are isolated, and you do not leave your room until you get the results. Because honestly, Bruce, if I go get tested and then I don't immediately isolate, what's the point of doing the frigging test? Exactly. Well, I'll give you an example how, you know, we talk about, oh, I won't get sick. Or, you know, you hear people say this, I won't get sick. I'm not worried. You don't know if you're sick. That's the thing, I, too. You don't know. That's what well, my friends on the boat, they're saying, oh, we feel great. We take our temperature every day. Mm. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's not good. I mean, you can be issue. asymptomatic and never show a single sign. Well, here, Jamaica is not a hotbed. They've had about 195 cases, okay? Right. You should bolt, right? Mm -hmm. After a massive birthday party, he's mm -hmm. got COVID. Yeah, because yep. that's what happens when you that's get a lot of people around, you know, like, yep. I mean, I hate to say it. This isn't a giant mystery, Bruce. This isn't a hard problem to solve. It's no. just hard to enact and get people to go along because I promise if we really lock down hard, it would just take care of itself. As it has in other countries who have proven that. We're all talking about leadership. We won't get on the subject. If you're <laughs> way informed, you'll understand exactly what I meant by those five words. So yeah. Here's another example. You know, people are getting together for parties, this, that, and the mm -hmm. other in other countries. There was a situation in a Peru nightclub. They were operating illegally, okay? okay. And uh, a wild stampede occurred when the police came into the scene to, to break it all up. Mm -hmm. 13 people died in the stampede. Not what? from COVID. Yeah, they, they were there. From human beings human stepping beings. on one. Oh, man, that is so tragic and sad. They were crushed in the stairwell area. It was only one exit. What, what was the punishment going to be? Well, here, get this. There was only 120 people. 120 people panicked and tried escaping through a single exit, and 13 of them died. How Again, crazy what, is that? What was the penalty going to be? Like, if they got caught, like, people died for you to probably avoid a ticket? It's Peru. I have no idea. I don't even want to make a joke because you can't joke about something like this. I have no idea. It's just tragic. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's more uh, repercussions than you and I know. And for the betterment of their safety, they should have. I don't know. But my God, that is that is horribly tragic. It's horrid. It's horrid. It's horrid. And um, I know we have to cover some tragic stories, but I'm not going to go on too. I think I'm good and not too many more. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know what? You got to tell it like it is. You got to have news. The, the news. So. Yeah, news is news. Well, Kentucky Fried Chicken's in the news. Uh -oh. And what is, what is the famous saying for Kentucky Fried Chicken? Uh, finger licking good. Right? Oh, yeah. Finger licking good. 13 original herbs and spices or something. Done. What do you mean because done? Of COVID, because of COVID. There's no more finger licking good has been suspended. There will be no finger licking good sayings in oh. Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. Okay, because... I thought I thought you were telling me that Kentucky Fried Chicken was done, and if that was the case, I'm gonna have to leave the camera so I can shed a tear. 
No, I know. Well, they say 70% of restaurants tragically will probably close in the next year because of the economic situation. And I don't know how that extends into chains, but it's, we talked about that last week. Yeah. And I've seen that Bruce, I've seen some, some, especially the mom and pop shops, they have a a for lease sign and, and they're gone. I mean, in Southern California, we are blessed to have a lot of family owned restaurants Uh, on the other side of this. I have no idea how many of those are going to still be there. I, I don't have any idea either. Um, another thing has changed, not because of COVID, but a famous uh, ski resort called Squaw Valley. They are now okay. changing the name. They're changing the name because yeah. it's considered uh, racial and sexist. Racist oh, and sexist. got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Squaw is a Native American word. Yeah, you know, you refer to female um, Indian Amer- Native Americans. It's you know, it's been termed in movies and stuff like that. Look at like, are they changing the Redskins and the Washington Redskins? Are they changing yeah, the name? It's a, it's a process. Um, and, and one that I would think is fairly easy, but apparently it's not. I mean, you would know better than anybody with licensing and, and trademarks and things like that. Yeah. What I have heard is the hardest part for the Redskins um, to change the name um, is to find one that isn't already owned, um, trademarked, and copywritten in the sporting space and it's pretty crazy so like i'm a fan of the university of iowa hawkeye football team they're the hawkeyes um the seattle seahawks have trademarked or tried to trademark the term go hawks and have sent cease and desist to places like iowa because they say go hawks because go hawkeyes never mind the the atlanta basketball team that are called the hawks they're also not allowed to say go Hawks. And I think that's the issue that Washington is running into when trying to find an alternative choice for a name is just making sure that you're not going to get sued on the other side. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So here's an interesting story. I always love how they can dig up a fossil and Mm. figure out if it's a dinosaur or whatever. Right. They dig you up every UFC event, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm kidding, Bruce. That's okay. It's going to happen sooner or later. Um, 13 million year old bite marks on a fossil. 13 million years? 13 million year old bite marks. Wow. How they determine that. They found that it has the strongest bite ever in history. Okay. Uh, Next to a saltwater crocodile, um, which has a bite force of 1.6 tons. So is this Uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex? No, it's actually a crocodile. It's a prehistoric crocodile. crocodile. Wow. yeah, it bit through uh, a ground sloth's leg, and they were able to measure uh, what it was. They figure it's 33 feet in length, oh right? My but God. they believe this was a young one that was about 13 feet, right? And it just lunged out of the swamp and attacked the lower hind leg of the sloth. And now, I, let me see, they, they measured it. 1.6 million was the most powerful bite before. And according to the story, it's like 2.6 wow. tons. A, a bite force of like 2.6 tons. As a human being, you can't even comprehend that type of pressure. You can't. Well, I'll give you an example. A German shepherd has one of the strongest bites of a dog. Yeah. It's five, 500 pounds per square inch. 500 Hello? pounds. Per, if I'm not mistaken, 500 pounds or per, or for however they term that. Right. No, and yeah, again, sure. If, no, no, that's fine. To correct me, email the show, but I've got my memory. But again, five, 500 pounds compared to two tons. Oh, my God. That's crazy. But it just blows me away how they can do that. These people are so talented. All right, right. Huge cheers goes out to my favorite James Bond, Sean Connery, turned 90 years old yesterday. I thought, I thought you were your favorite James Bond. <laughs> no, James Bond. You're is my somebody. favorite James Bond. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sean Connery back here and Dr. No, he'll appreciate it too. But um, yeah, I'm a big James Bond fan. I always have been. That made no it's bones because about you that. are James Bond. <laughs> In some people's minds. Maybe a month. Uh, you, when you get that car going, you're, you're James Bond. Come oh, yeah. on now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the car will be going. Trust me. Oh, my God. I, I, I can't wait word. to see it. I can't Two wait. Months. Two months. Just got work. That's so cool. Yeah, they're putting it together now. Okay, I want to honor, I want to honor a hero. Okay. Uh, a man, a rather an 18-year-old woman, 18-year-old girl. Pardon me. My stories are a little delayed here. You're good. An 18-year-old girl uh, jumped in the water to save... Uh, pardon me. 
Oh, this is, you're building the suspense. This is like yeah, a, I am. I am. the I'm payoff sorry. at a, at a, at a film. I mean, Bruce, I'm, I'm locked in my hotel room for two days until I get to go to the boxing matches. Are you so, in quarantine uh, for two days? Yeah, you have to be right. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Hours. So, um, well, so we, we've done two shows. I've, I did a show last night. So now I'm, I'm here until tomorrow again. So oh, I got it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. uh, but no, this is the, like, I don't speak Spanish, Bruce. I can't watch TV. Uh, the, the internet, I don't know how we're doing this show as well as we are. My Netflix doesn't work. So oh. buffer storytelling is the highlight of my quarantine experience thus All far. Right. Keep going. Tell me a story. I'll, I'll try and entertain you more then. All right. Minnesota police. Um, Uh-oh. We're talking about the fact an 18 year old named Raina Lynn Neeland. She carried several children to safety who were near a dam that were about to drown. She wow. carried several children who've been swimming in the river near the Clearwater Dam. Okay. okay. Um, an eight-year-old girl was pulled out and resuscitated after she got her back. Uh, basically, what happened is she didn't make it. She no. Drowned. Yeah. 18 years old. I mean, that's, that's a hero. horrible. Um, I know. A GoFundMe I mean, I, campaign. A GoFundMe uh, campaign has been shared by the sheriff's office for her family and stuff. It's just wow. horrible. That's that's terribly sad. Um, you said Minnesota, right? Uh, it was in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota Dam. Do you know where the Clearwater Dam is? Clearwater I don't. Lake, I, mean, Clearwater who, Dam. I mean, there are probably 17 Clearwater Lakes. We have over 11,000 lakes oh, yeah, in the state so of Minnesota. And they all have, like, I'm not kidding. There's like 24 lakes named Round Lake. Like, you couldn't come up with a better name, guys. Round Lake. And we had to do it 24 times. But uh, I'll have to do some research and figure out where that is. Maybe, maybe we can actually get somebody from her family on the air. I think um, check. I just, I just want to honor this girl. It's just, I mean, oh, this yeah, is a hero. Sure. She is a hero. 100%. Whatever. Just even just to jumping in and trying to save somebody, you're a hero, you know? I can't swim very well. I know you were a lifeguard back in the day. Can you uh, still swim pretty well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a surfer, so I would assume. I'm definitely not as strong a swimmer as I used to be, but a definitely, yeah. No, I'm very adept swimmer. I've always, that's been, you know, my favorite sport. You you could put on those red trunks and go save some lives, I bet, Bruce. (laughs) Put on the red trunks. How's that? (laughs) There you go. I would say, listen, I'd be the first one to jump in if I saw something happen. I know myself. Yeah. Okay. Here's a story that's tragic, and I hope it doesn't turn out to stay tragic. You know, I always say doctors practice. Um, they're not gods, but they need to be respected. They practice. Right. They're brilliant. They do what they do. They're service members of our community. A young woman was declared dead, okay? 20 years old. Her identity has not been made public. Okay. Okay. The paramedics told her, told her mother on the scene that her daughter had died. She was transported to a Detroit funeral home. After that. Okay. Then her stunned mother asked when the funeral home contacted her hours after she'd been uh, told her daughter had died, that her mm-hmm. daughter was, that her daughter was breathing. Their daughter what? was still alive. Her daughter was still alive. How? They don't know yet. And, and there's not a guarantee that she's going to make it. Um, she was found unresponsive and not breathing in the family home. The paramedics did CPR. Another How long did it take minutes. for them to transfer her and stuff like that? Like, that's not, I mean, if, if she was going to be found alive, you would assume that that entire process is probably quick because the longer she goes unattended to, you would think that the worse off she could be like that. That's a pretty big oversight, Bruce. I don't know. They attended to her for 30 minutes. What you see, that's what minutes. I'm saying. Like why? Come on now. Like what you take one pulse and ah, she's gone. Well, right now it's not guaranteed that the young girl will live. But it's just, it's just amazing that that could happen. I mean, you think you hear something and you, and you wouldn't hear anything like it again, and boom, here it is again. I, I, I want to find the positives in this story, Bruce, but if my loved one was fighting for their life and you pronounced them dead, and then mm-hmm. we find out that there's still a chance that they may be alive, how can I not feel wrong like you didn't do right by them, that you maybe put them at a disadvantage of trying to get through this. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to say lawsuit, 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 but my God, Bruce, like, how do you, how do you miss that? I know it's crazy. Well, let's just hope for the best. And I hope that she lives and she's healthy as a result. You know, my wishes and and heartfelt condolences, not condolences, heartfelt wishes for everything. Our thoughts are with you. Thoughts are with her. Exactly. Here's a really crazy story. You know, you read about people winning the lottery and what do they do? They lose their millions of dollars. That's one thing. They lost it themselves. Right. A New York man who calls himself the lottery lawyer and three of his associates, they've been charged with defrauding lottery winners out of $107 million. 
right? Ex explain the, what happens. What do they basically, do? They just... Basically, they have a website that was urging lottery winners to call them, um, telling them they could secure their wealth for generations, right? right? Uh, prosecutors say that uh, Curlin encourages clients to invest in entities controlled by his co-defendants, the other three people that were arrested. Uh, Kirkland received kickbacks in return, and the four men who were given the money uh, from the lottery winners used investments to keep their scheme going and to enrich themselves, basically kept the money. So they've all been arrested on 21 counts. I hope they get thrown away and locked away for God knows how long. And uh, basically, they just stole $107 million. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, I mean, th there's literally a show. I think it's on... I don't know what channel it's on. Maybe Travel Channel. That doesn't make sense, but that's the one that comes to mind. Um, where it's it's literally like I think it's called like how the lottery ruined my life or how winning the lottery ruined my life. And and my belief is is this: you're not lucky in anything in life. You're you're given opportunity, and right. when you win the lottery, you have been given an opportunity to live a life that you never thought possible. Yeah. And unfortunately. Um, a lot of people get that opportunity and it's just too much and their life goes down a, a terrible path. I know it's crazy. Are you familiar with TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Is I actually son... just downloaded it the other day. No, my son, I mean, my son watches videos, but he doesn't care if it's TikTok or YouTube or whatever. Gotcha. Well, you know, my boy Rupert, um, he puts his videos on TikTok and he's, he's got a few thousand followers, even got like that's great on Instagram. It's great. And he just puts these, he plays Fortnite. He puts his Fortnite videos up and now sure. he wants to do a video with me. And I want to, I've been working with him because he loves to bake. He loves to cook. I go, why don't you, I mean, there's this one guy we kid, we talked about, I think uh, 11 years old the other week has a cooking show that's making like a million dollars a year. You know, I mean, that's crazy. That, that's awesome. I think, you know, the, the barrier for entry into the public spotlight has basically gone by the wayside, which is allowed, you know, honest, true talent to rise to the top but um this is also i think an opportunity for some people to be very successful and for others unfortunately they're gonna kind of destroy their own li their own lives i well let's hope not definitely but you know the money that tiktok uh people make or these you know the stars of tiktok yeah as we can say um like uh, charlie d'amelio i don't even recognize his how, names Addison how do you Ray. make how do you make money off of tiktok i'm still trying to figure it out are I, there I, ads on it I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't it's, think uh, there are. I don't think but, there but are. You know better than anybody. You get in that, that public light and then it just creates appearances and other things like that. So it's like. But just from TikTok alone. I'll just give you an example. Okay. With all respect to the names, we're not familiar with them. Sure. And that's, that's the beauty of the story is like, wow. So a creator who topped the list brought in 5 million last year and they've been on the app in less than a year, right? Uh, Michael and Lee and Spencer X, uh, they placed sixth place on the Forbes list for TikTok, bringing in 1.2 million. Uh, Josh Richards, another one. Uh, an 18-year-old, Lauren Gray, 2.4 million. 19-year-old, uh, sharing dancing videos and funny snippets of her life, collaborating with her sister named Dixie D'Amelio, 2.9 million. So what you're uh, saying is they all have enough money to pay you to appear on their TikTok <laughs> like, Yeah, well, that's what I got to get Rupert to make some money so he can pay me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, always angling, always angling. Here's a 16-year-old. A She's the most followed person on TikTok with 80 million fans since last 80 summer. million? 80 million since joining in 2019. She has dance moves. She's branched out into voice acting, some merchandise, and just became the face of a company called Hollister with her older sister. Sure. $4 million, 16 years old. $4 million. All right. Uh we need to get that same sort of following right now. I'm telling you this because your son, come on, it's time to pimp him out. TikTok. Hey, you know, whatever, whatever needs to be done to uh, create an opportunity to either uh, live a life of our dreams or uh, apparently destroy it. We'll figure it I out. Thought we, I thought we were living a life of our dreams. Hey, you know what? Uh, nightmares are dreams too, Bruce. Just saying. Hey, you're in Mexico, you're working, you got a nice hotel, you're quarantined, you can't talk to anybody, you're living the dream, baby. You're living the dream. Hey, you know what? I still got Bruce Buffer to get on a call with me for 45 minutes, so life is not too bad. There you go. All right, this whole COVID situation and everything we've been talking about, we're going to talk some collectibles here. The, whole, the, the hottest collectible right now are basketball cards. And um, obviously, the Jordan special did that too. LeBron James rookie card selling for $1.8 well, It's funny that. you say that, Bruce, because have you seen the NBA television ratings? Hot. They're terrible. They're terrible right now. Yeah, the playoffs uh, for basketball are not doing very well. So 
while the last dance I think has um, created a buzz and an interest in, in collectibles and things like that, the modern day product, no one seems to really care about for whatever reason. I, well, I, with all respect, I don't because I'm about supply and demand. You know, I, I like the, the old cars pre-1975, except for what we talked about, Michael Jordan, uh, right. 86 through 89 uh, rookie cars that are out there. They're still worth going. But, you know, it's, it, it's amazing. The prices here, like, for instance, just in April, I'll give you an example on a modern day car. Pardon me. Okay. Here it goes. Uh, and I don't even recognize Oklahoma State Shia Julius Alexander. Does that ring a bell? Nope. All right. Well, his car was selling basically standard cars in this set. Um, we're selling for $114 on eBay on April 29th. On August 7th, now they're selling for $400. Okay. That might not sound like a lot. $400 is a lot of money, but that's, that's a lot of money. 300 plus percent growth. Yeah. In a, in a, in a collectible card. Wow. I know. So it's something to pay attention to. It really is. Is he on TikTok? <laughs> I don't know. But now I'm going to blow you away. Mike Trout, the baseball player. Sure. The, the uh, Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim. Exactly. His car just broke the all-time record. I'm always saying this broke the all-time record. Now his car yeah. broke the all-time hey. record. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. 2009 Bowman Chrome Draft, Chrome Draft Prospect Super Factor Cards. Yeah, I, I, don't, I keep track of this. Okay. Okay. It was What's sold, the growth? It was sold, uh, let's see here. It was sold for $922,500. Wait, wait uh, what? Wait, what? So that, one, yeah. one card? Give me a second here. It's 10. No, no, you're going to be blown away when I tell you this. Okay. The opening bid when the auction opened on July 28th for this car uh -huh. that had already sold for 922000 give or take, mm -hmm. uh, was $1 million. How much did it sell for, TJ? I don't know. It's already uh, about 900000 more than any card should be sold for. So I don't know. 1.5? 3.93 million dollars. A Mike Trout baseball card? A Mike Trout rookie card. <laughs> You can pay Mike Trout to like come over to your house for that amount of money. I would think so, but yeah, that amazing. Wow. I now, mean, so you, uh, here's the I, 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 I got to get back into cards, Bruce. I swear. I mean, they're doing it right again. So it's like, it might be fun. I don't know. Well, somebody out there has got a lot of money and a lot of people do have a lot of money. And uh, I just have a lot of cardboard from the mid nineties. A lot of people do, including yours truly. But I will tell you, not from the nineties. But I will tell you that, you know, here's the thing. When you have a card made of you, at least this is what I do. When Tops, which is made of about 12 or 13 cards, whatever, I can't keep count. With, with all the, you know, thanks in the world. My gosh, baseball cards yourself. We dreamed about that as a kid. Right. Uh, I'd be happy with one. I'm happy they made all they made. And some others, Upper Deck has made cards of me too, which is really cool. They always give you samples. I always get a sample. Now, even though there's 25 of these cards, I would have said, hey, send me one of those cards. Right. With Mike Trout. I yeah. wonder if he's got one of his own rookie cards. I'm you guessing know, Not he that he needs the money. I just uh, no, wonder if you got no. one of his own rookie cards. I mean, the smart idea, smart guess would probably be, I mean, if I had a baseball rookie card of myself, yeah, I'm going to own one of all of them made. You know what I mean? So I bet she's got one tucked away. I would hope so. Now, here's something very interesting. I told you about basketball. We all know Kobe Bryant. His uh, collectibles are going through the roof since his tragic, tragic passing. So an autograph, autographed piece of the floor, okay? right? Which is a unique mm -hmm. connectable from his last farewell game where he scored 60 points. Wow. Right? It's a what truly a one of a kind. Let me see how big this piece is. It's being sold by Heritage Auctions. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Let me just, how much do you think that's going to go for? Oh, I, I mean, I can't even venture a guess. Uh, I mean, to me, that should be higher than a Mike Trout rookie card. I'll say that. Half million. You see, that's, that's crazy to me. That's what I don't understand. Well, How is, we'll see what it sells for. We'll see what it sells for. It, it had better go over that Mike Trout rookie card. I mean, come on now. We're talking about a piece of the floor from the farewell game. It looks like a big piece, too, that would make a really cool thing in someone's house. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's what I – so one thing that I have collected over the years, and actually you've given me all of them, and I appreciate it, are the, uh, <laughs> the UFC uh, cards. And, and I have a few boxes that are not opened – and some that are and um, my, one of my favorite things that I've gotten in these things are the, the cards with a, a piece of the octagon canvas cut out inside of it. And now I don't know what they're worth. I don't know if they'll ever be worth, you know, 
big money or, or no money at all. But the bottom line is it's a little piece of memorabilia that I own that is mine that I can claim as mine and, and point to where it's from. And, and that is a pretty neat thing. Well, they are worth money. How much? I can't tell you. You can always go on eBay and, and just sure. search. But the, uh, that's one of the things about these modern day cars. They're taking like jersey pieces or like they take pieces of my uh, shirt or my tie and they've made some of those cards for me too. But to give you an example, in 2009, I think it was that the first set of UFC Tops cards came out. You could buy them for around $69 a box. Yep. And now I think they're selling for um, 700 and six to 700 for the box. The cases obviously are selling for, you know, two to 3,000 or whatever. So wow. I, I've, got, I've got a couple of cases of those, a couple of cases of the second year, because I made sure and bought them. I just put them away. I know they're going to be worth money. So I would tell everybody out there, if you have the early UFC cards or if you have any UFC cards, definitely don't open them. If you can, keep the packs closed. If you do, if you have a cool card there, get it graded, because in 10, 20 years, they're going to be valuable. Do they still make them? Have they made a, a, a run of those yeah, in the I last couple of years? Out, they came out last year with a run. I think I had a card in that run, too. Cool. Um, yeah, Tops does a great job. They're the classic of all classics, most oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah. All right, TJ. Uh, it's been a real busy week for me. The, again, cameos coming in like crazy. I hope you're doing well. Everybody, come on. Let me just pitch it out here. Last time I did this, you got a couple orders. You can order a cameo from TJ DeSantis. Please go to Cameo. Check out TJ DeSantis. Get one from him. Get one from me. You can get one from Herb Dean. You can get one from John Anik. So go ahead. Check out Cameo. They're all right there, folks. All right there. There's your pitch. Let's see if you get a couple. Yeah, I mean, I want to do the oddball ones. Like, I want to read your daily horoscope. I don't want to just say, hi, I'm TJ. What's up? Oh, Happy birthday. I want to do weird things. There, I've gotten some very fun, weird requests. I've only had to turn down a couple that were a little too weird. Um, but in the whole, they're all pretty cool, and they're a lot of fun. It's so easy to do. I don't even want to go into it. I can't even imagine what the ones were that you turned down. Don't even want to mention it. Oh, very my goodness. Don't even want to talk about it. But the other orders coming into my site at brucebuffer.com uh, for your championship audio and video intros. Keep those flying in, folks. We've been very busy doing them. Again, thank you for your beautiful thank you notes. And uh, pay it forward. Just make everybody happy. Partial proceeds, animal military children charities, as I always say. All right, TJ, that's it for me. i am uh, got to go to Vegas this week, and we do have a show this week. I'm in the Octagon. Uh, very excited about that. This show is actually pretty off the hook. I mean, we got – let me get this down. Where did I put it? Right here. All right, Anthony Smith and Alexander uh, Rakic on the uh, yeah. card. That's I'm excited about the co-main event. Bruce. Robbie, Robbie Lawler, Lawler and Neil Magny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Give it to me. Like, that is a fantastic fight. Um, you know, there are some concerns about where Robbie Lawler is at. He hasn't looked the best in, in some of his most recent performances. But if we see Robbie Lawler, um, you know, kind of tap into that vintage form against someone like Neil Magny, that, that could steal the show, honestly. No question. And I think the uh, first card on the main card, which will be on ESPN Plus, the undercard will be on ESPN, folks, but the main card's on ESPN Plus. A fight that has been rematched uh, due to a certain situation that occurred, and it's always interesting when Ian Kudalaba is in the octagon. I mm. always tell the referees, I tell the commission, yeah. that he's going to walk across. I don't know when. I will take care of it, as I've done on three different occasions, literally having to get in his face to push him back or separate This time, though? This time? I missed the last time. He waited longer. He had it timed. Uh, oh, he, I know. He inclined that to me afterwards. He's a great guy. He had guy. some he's strategy really cool. involved there, Buff. He had strategy involved. He got around me. Um, but, again, I'll have a special eye out for this one. I'm sure he's not going to make the same mistake he made last time. Hey. Social distancing now. He shouldn't be able to get past you. He shouldn't be able to yeah, get near I, you. I know. I've, a couple of fists have come out quick that I've reacted to, and I've definitely run and done my Purell or my, washed my hands afterwards. But I am still throwing the elbows. But Magomed Ankalov and Ian Kudalaba are going at it in the light heavyweight bout in the first card of the main event. Guys, don't miss that first fight. Don't miss no, first I mean, fight. what else are you going to do, guys? You're sitting at home. You got nothing to do. Come on now. Uh, just uh, fight one to the main event. You never know what you're going to get in mixed martial arts, and that's why it's the greatest sport on the planet. No question. And, again, Alex Caceres back for the 148th time in six months. He'll be back. And uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's it. Um, if uh, people are watching this on Thursday, you can tune in to Roy Jones Jr. Boxing tonight on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, we got an exciting card coming uh, your way from uh, Mexico. Uh, we had a fight show on Tuesday. Uh, really, really great main event. Um, you know, Bruce, I'm not the, the biggest boxing guy in the world, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm a fan of fights. And, and a fight is a fight. And uh, 
saw an 18 year old um, named Luis Torres take on a 21 year old in uh, Jose uh, Vasquez in these two Mexican warriors put on a show. There was nobody in the building, Bruce. It was one of the more visceral things. I mean, you know, from MMA, uh, the shots that you hear uh, when, when there's not a crowd, it is, it is almost magnified uh, with boxing because the gloves are so much bigger. And uh, I just had a blast. And people can check that out uh, on demand. But uh, tonight, if they want to check it out live, uh, I believe we start at 730 Pacific. Latino boxers, moving forward, I have yet to see a Latino boxer not bring it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's time. a there's a, this is the first time that a lot of these uh, boxers have been able to get back to work and, and you know, the, the opening, uh, reopening process down here in San Carlos is, uh, this, is the, this is the first step. This is where, uh, you know, you guys were in, in Jacksonville not too long ago. And the emotion that is on display when these young men step into the ring, it's unlike many things that I've experienced in combat sports. And, you know, we've both been around for a very long time. And when you see something new in this space, uh, it, it's truly great to be a part of it. And uh, I'm excited to do it again here on Thursday. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. I, I, you know, I had to check, and congratulations. I'm really happy to see you working that. I think it's, it's great that you're down there. Thanks. And I love the fact that you're, you're in the pugilistic sports of MMA and boxing. You know, you're separating both because that just creates a future. Right, yeah. I mean, I called a Roy Jones Jr. fight, not, not just a, a boxing card. Like, I called Roy Jones Jr.'s last boxing match. Well, who the uh, hell's going to call back, Roy Jones so. Jr. and Mike Tyson? Or no, the, uh, yeah, who's yeah, calling that? I don't know. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready you to put go. You in? You make I have a passport. We'll travel. Let's go. Where is it? Uh, it was supposed to be in California, but I don't know what's happening. It's got pushed back, so. November. I, put your name in there, buddy. Put your Fight name Island. in there. Let's go. <laughs> All right, on the last note, uh, Elon Musk, the rich get richer. He's worth $96 billion. Um, his stock options now are going to make him a ton, ton more. Ton yeah, more. yeah. I mean, we, we talked about the devaluation of, of people in like uh, Apple, like $2 trillion or whatever. Like, and the stock really... is about to split. Yeah. If you own Apple, the stock's going to split. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but cool. Cut your Apple in half. Well, it means if it's worth 300, you get two shares at 150 and then they go up to 300 and you make a lot of money in a perfect Got world. It. Perfect. We're all searching for the perfect world. And right now we're living in an imperfect world, but we all have to do the best we can. TJ, and hey, tell our audience for you. The bubble's up. not terrible. I just would like television in English. Your but bubble's okay. My, right. my, my world's all right. Yeah. No, I got, uh, actually, I brought my PlayStation and I've been knocking people out with Bruce Buffer in the middle. Yeah, of the baby. Middle you're, pretty damn, you're pretty damn good kickboxer. Let me just I, say that. I wasn't bad. What's yeah. That? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm saying entertained. Good. Good. I like that. Yeah. Well, listen, if I get bruised up in the face or break my nose, it's your fault. Hey, you know what? You'll heal. You always heal like instantly. Oh. Always, 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 always. Can't keep right, a good everybody. man down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, TJ. Um, have a great week. Everybody follow TJ DeSantis on Instagram at TJ DeSantis. TJ DeSantis. Twitter at TJ DeSantis. Boom. That's the way. Keep it the same. Keep it real. Keep the brand strong. Uh, in my case, too many imposters on Instagram. Instagram, at Bruce Buffer UFC. Twitter, at Bruce Buffer. And uh, by the way, uh, Puncher's Chance Bourbon is now in about 100 stores in Florida. Uh, it'll be uh, in Texas, California, and five other states um, coming up in uh, next week. And uh, already selling like hotcakes, I'm very happy to say. Very, very happy to say. Really excited about that. So awesome. if you get your puncher's chance, we'll talk more about it on the show. As time goes on, I'll keep you informed of the website you'll be able to order from. All that will be coming news in the next couple of weeks. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We love you all internationally. We'll be back next week with another show. I will see you from the Octagon, from Vegas at the UFC Apex on Saturday night. And with that being said, set your goals. Write them down. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Practice safety and protocol for COVID-19. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And when you get those goals written down, you set on that path, just be the best you can be. Do the best you can and be just the best performer in life you can be to yourself. If you're happy within yourself, you'd be happy with others. And if you're doing your best, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. It's all about winning. So with that in point, have a great week, everybody. Please stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next week. And don't forget to subscribe to It's Time Radio on YouTube. Okay, we need your subscribers. The more subscribers we get, then we start to give away prizes. And I've got some great prizes. And they might even include UFC trading cards. Okay? 
I, I like that tease. That's good. Signed, sealed, and delivered, my man. When we get up to the point that we need to get to, they'll be flying out. That and a lot of other stuff. All bottom line, the future's bright. Stay bright. Stay happy. Big cheers. No fears. Buffer out. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news! Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news! Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com.